of those good old-fashioned values the first and hopefully last family guy related podcast on the internet or in this case just seth mcfarland related i am your host spencer aka the lonely photon joining me as always is andy aka x underscore narco and on on twitter how you doing uh ty uh still in twitter jail at bobo underscore the underscore second on twitter now it's gonna be really fucked up when people come here trying to find family guy and like 60 percent of our content is other stuff <laughs> yeah True. we've done like what like 17 episodes of, of family guy podcasting that's like that's enough to be satisfied yeah you with. guys can do whatever you guys can do metal yeah. gear solid cutscenes now that'd be cool also actually. most of our non-family guy stuff is for patrons so you know you gotta okay. pay to access we're not we're not, no, we're I mean, not but doing I mean, like, an whatever, argument like this challenge. in the first minute no i think this is the perfect time to litigate it no this is perfect <laughs> yeah. yeah uh returning champion chung, chung. Um, do, 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 what is it do. twitter funny man host of <laughs> podcast about list uh caleb brain getter caleb caleb how are you doing what's up y'all i'm great man i'm happy to be here so we're talking about uh american dad season five or kind of season four depending on what uh yeah i got fucked by by hulu so hard yeah because what i mean what the fuck did they, what, who do they think they yeah. are saying that season five is season four? Well, see, the thing yeah. is... Um, Maybe if they didn't go to a liberal arts college, they would have known how to count. That's right. Season one was so short that, like... And it was part of the same production cycle as season two, on top of also having, like, a, what, like, two-month, you know, break before the mm. last episode of season one aired and the first episode of season two aired, that they just usually lumped together. Yeah. Also, it gets worse uh, later on, because as American Dad is moved from TBS to Fox, or from Fox to TBS, rather, Fox decided to air the last three episodes they had of the season, call it a new season because they had already finished Mm. off that season. So now American Dad has two fake seasons. Yeah, so uh, we talked to Caleb last time, we asked him what his history with Family Guy was, and he said he didn't really have any. But you did mention, off mic, that you... Had watched a lot of American Dad, so what's your story with American Dad? Um, I guess I started smoking weed too early in my <laughs> life when I was like 14, and it gave me insane brain damage for two years, and I just like couldn't have a thought, and I watched a lot of American Dad in that period. I also played a lot of Tribes Ascend. Ooh, I never played. Is that like Spore? It sounds like Spore. Is that Spore? I did play a lot of Spore, though. I love trying to make like a... Four like the fucks. Simpsons and Spore, yeah. that's that's an all-time... <laughs> but um, I actually also have uh, a little bit of history with this season specifically. Nothing super fancy, but um, episode 8, Chimdale, was actually... I remember this being the first episode... Having the first episode mm. of American Dad I've ever seen, so... I, I stated before, but most of my uh, experience watching American Dad was at the beach with friends... Where we'd just be like baking in uh, the room with all of our beds in it, and we just throw American Dad on the TV while we ate Oreos. Okay, we get it. You have friends. Shut That's the very um, sweet, Spencer. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Spencer, Spencer and his friends the, love getting yeah. high and cuddling in a little bed and watching American Dad mm-hmm. giving yeah. each other yeah. soft kisses on the forehead. Uh, r- real talk, though, that's probably the best way to watch this yeah, show. Yeah, it's like a good background show. show. You put on it. Anyway, yeah. season five of American Dad, really good. Uh, I don't know what you think, Kayla, but I, I was actually yeah. very impressed by this season. Probably the best season of TV we've talked about on here besides Always Sunny. It's so shocking coming from Family Guy to this show. It really is. <laughs> it like, really is. I mean, we came into this with Family Guy. It, isn't it such a better show? Yeah. yeah, way, way better. Because they don't use cutaways. Mm-hmm. The, the no cut, and which is something I forgot about this show. Because in my brain, it's just the exact same as Family Guy. But they don't use that yeah. like every every 90 seconds there's a cutaway format. Well, actually, the thing is, uh, the first season did have cutaways. They, they mm. cut that shit out, mm. uh, pun intended. Although, Smart. I, I will say, I think this season, more so than any but the first, has, like, cutaways in form, if not name. You know, like, I'm, I'm thinking specifically yeah. of in the DeLorean episode, like, the turtle and the hair thing. Or, or yeah, sure. I mean, even, like, the, the Simon B-plot was kind of, like, a series of cutaways. You know, it's... And and also, like, they, they really like to end, end scenes a lot with, like, yeah. one of the main cast, uh, like, reacting mm-hmm. to something, and then, like, a bystander coming in and noticing. Very much, like... Having like the, side characters pop in at the the, 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 end, point, the, the beginning of scenes uh, would be unconnected. The reason why the show works a lot better is because they still have to weave those in, and they still they often will like bring back those cutaway type things later, like with the tortoise and the hare stuff. They yeah. have that, and then the rest of the episode happens, and then they bring it back for the ending. So it's almost like a mini plot. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's bad, and I think that they do it a lot more, uh, I think, carefully than Family Guy does, but I, I think that this is the season where they, especially because I think this is the season where they're really kind of, maybe the first season where they're free of the bonds of, like, traditional uh, uh, concrete narrative stuff, and I think that, I think this is the first season where you really start seeing, like, them gesturing at even even something that just has, like, a similar form to Cutaways, even if it's not just, like, the Family Guy, like, you know, what, it, you know, this is crazier than the time, uh, yeah turtle and the hair were you know what you know what i mean well that actually uh, ties into the main thing i want to talk about this season which is that like from watching this season this feels very much like a deliberate like sequel season to season four in the sense of like season four was very much a a big change for the show in terms of joke writing in terms of plot structure in terms of stuff this is like like so like season four we did we called it a you know a transitional season this season, you get a lot yeah. more experimentation and playfulness now that mm. they've established the new formula. Yeah, they, they have, like, you know, the terrific yeah. episode where it's literally just Steve doing the kind of Kill Bill plot, and then it turns into, like, a big escape. They don't even bother, like, giving the other characters plots. Yeah, I've, I've been watching... Th- this might be kind of a... Maybe not a perfect comparison, but I've been watching a lot of Community lately, and I can kind of draw a comparison between the two where it's like, you know, Community and, and this season of American Dad, where it's like, they they know what their structure is, and they're like comfortable enough in what they're doing that they, they can just go full, you know, genre parody yeah. without really needing to add a lot of artifice to it, you know? Also, and and I know we do this a lot, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it because it is true, um... This reminds me a lot of The Simpsons in the sense of, uh, for the first eight seasons, you know, the Golden Age, every two seasons you mm. had new showrunners come on and take over the reins. So the first season of the of the showrunners was kind of more experimental about establishing new styles and stuff. And usually, with the exception of season eight, I think, the follow-up this season to that was a lot tighter and more playful. And this, this feels like this and season four have that dynamic a lot, I think, hmm. of mm. setup and changes and yeah. then... Pay off and like getting a lot more creative. Yeah, 
I, I agree with the community comparison. Caleb, Andy, have you all seen Community? Uh, yes, no. big fan of Community. It's the best. Yeah. It's such a fucking yeah, great no, show. Uh, I, One of the funnier shows of the past, like, yeah, what, no, you I gotta th- say, I of the 2000s the, the funniest least. thing yeah. uh, Dan Harmon's done. The, I, I think, yeah. I, I agree with the, the comparison here. Yeah. Like, I think, compared to Family Guy, like, this show is such a like joke machine and like almost all the jokes land which is the the same the same thing with community where it's they know exactly what they have to get done every episode and then they just pack it with jokes yeah and and different kinds of jokes which which is something that really is impressive when you look at like i mean family guy does that too but it's like it's got a couple that are it's like really in its wheelhouse, you know, like the long conversational joke or like the kind of, you know, like deconstruction or whatever. But really, American Dad is like a whole host of jokes that it, you know, can can use pretty yeah. effectively. Like, it, it's it's kind of amazing yeah. to watch compared to Family Guy. And, and again, significantly less involvement from Seth than Family yeah. Guy, even if, you know. <laughs> yeah, the thesis of this show is Seth MacFarlane yeah. sucks at well, running a I, show. I, I also- although, although... You know, to give uh, credit to Seth, where well, I guess not really credit to Seth, but worth pointing out, uh, Seth is ba- also was also barely involved in Cleveland Show, and that didn't fucking save that piece of shit. Oh God! Uh, yeah. All right, but one thing also is that you know, on the <laughs> so I I think what we're learning is that the oh. whiter the show, <laughs> the podcast, the podcast, <laughs> the podcast, um, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! I'm being, I, I will. I'm being I will actually no. I will pivot this and say the less blackface, the better the show. There we go. Oh, there we there we go. You saved it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I yes. saved yeah, it. You saved um, it. Spencer is in full support of all of those TV shows yeah. removing the blackface. I completely episodes. unambiguously support that. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, he actually wrote like half the letters that made them do that. What is it? Yeah, he was like, I, I don't like thirty rock understanding anymore. Nuance. I was gang stalking the writers of the Boondocks. Um, <laughs> me and my friends were. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, Master Shake is my best friend. <laughs> he would not um, do this. No, the the one thing I wanted to say that for the podcast Twitter account, you know, when we're doing Family Guy, even in the later seasons, when there was really good jokes, I would like usually stop the episode, go download it off YouTube, and post it on the account. Give like I don't know, just as a fun um, sort of highlight for people, and also to give a sense of like. You know, people who are kind of baffled by the show, which a lot of my friends, when I tell them about the show, they're like, especially in the early days, they were like, Spencer, what the hell are you doing? I would show them those clips and it would give them at least a sense of what the hell Family Guy is. But I can't really do that with American Dad because American Dad's writing is, it builds on itself so well. Like everything kind of, there's an arc and a flow to it and the scenes build off each other and the jokes kind of bounce off each other and... You can't really clip stuff that easily. Yeah, no, like, the thing is, you know, we talk about Family Guy as being, like, the funny moment show. American Dad really commits to actually having, like, real episodes of TV. Yeah. Yeah. And early on, that was sort of a hang-up for me, since, you know, Family Guy, it sucks, but they would have, like, those short, sharp shocks that would kind of just feel like you just got doused with the Ooh, ice water. Like, um, that. 
you know, the one where Peter just kisses the baby on the vagina in that episode. Like, but <laughs> yeah. But- or th- honestly, my what I think is my favorite moment of the guy ever, where Meg walks in and Peter just shoots her. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. say there's a lot less like uh, vomit in American Dad. Yeah, though a yeah. lot more slapstick. It's a subtler show. There, there's a lot. I would argue there's more violence in American Dad. Part of the backbone of the show, and even in the early days when I wasn't a fan of the show, I did respect that. Having Stan work for the CIA basically gives them the grounding to be a sci-fi show whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. True. And yeah, it's a very useful little thing. And um, that also allows them to get into action movie territory, too, when they want to. It's, it's like, you know, they can be completely versatile. They can play with all this stuff. And it becomes part of the DNA of the show more. Again, when Family Guy wants to go into action movie mode or sci-fi mode... Regardless of whether it works or not, it does feel like, you know, uh, we're running out of ideas, let's just do this or whatever. Well, I think that also, like, because a lot of the times when Family Guy goes into action action movie modes, you know, there, there are plenty of exceptions to this, but it's mainly Peter and the Gang Adventure Stories or Brian and Stewie. It is yeah. disconnected from the whole cast. Yeah. American Dad manage, is, is that, like, all of the big event episodes work well with the main cast it is a group effort from this show yeah and i also want to say that going back to the community comparison one of the weak points of community i think if i can be controversial is that they kind of have to tie a sentimental bow on every end of every episode yeah which in some cases works like there's some sweet episodes but there's some episodes where it feels like they're kind of jamming in a lesson because you're supposed to do that yeah the end of every community episode is like isn't it great to have friends I, I would argue that that is a a weakness of sitcoms as a genre more more so than just community. But I I do see where you're coming, especially because that is like a particularly touchy feely show yeah, under uh, the surface. Arrested Development yeah. like too had that problem very bad, and it hurt more in that show because Arrested Development is such a mean show. But then they'd have to have like like yeah. Michael and Michael Junior like hugging it out at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. What is it? But this one actually they. They'll have characters learn lessons sometimes, but sometimes they just won't. Like, they'll just kind of let plot threads dangle. They'll let, um, I'm trying to think of episodes where they do this, but they really have episodes where it's just, you know, let it end with a change to the status quo. Yeah, they end with a gag. Yeah. Instead of a lesson. uh, This is something we have complimented Family Guy before. It does do it well on occasion. American Dad does it not only much better, but way more often. Like, I would say if at least a third of the episodes go for the, the darker, fucked up aspect of the ending, which is great. Yeah, which, yeah and yeah. I have nothing against American Dad. And I do think it does kind of get into that sentimental stuff sometimes, yeah. but it is good about, if it's doing that, making it at least feel yeah. somewhat earned, you know? So... That, I think, kind of transitions into, I think, the biggest improvement of American Dad, which is, you know, or from season four, which is, you know, season four, we talked about how, like, Stan, Francine, and Roger were all pretty good, but, like, Klaus was just kind of there, and he's still just kind of there this season, but, like, Haley was barely used, yeah. and Steve didn't get that great material. But, but they leaned into that, yeah. Uh, Haley and Steve get a lot more playtime and a yeah, lot better for sure. stuff yeah. this season. Yeah. You know, I complained in the last episode that the worst parts of it are when Steve kind of is in, like, nerd uh, American Pieville. And there is still some of that there, but, like, they really do let Steve do a lot more stuff. They let him embrace his, like, nerdier side. They let him get on adventures that don't involve getting laid. 
the best episode this season to me is the one where uh, he gets revenge on all of the popular yeah. girls. It's the one where they have to escape yeah. the school. Yeah, they, it's like yeah. a whole yeah, a fleeing through all the cliques. Which, I mean, yeah. I, I, I honestly, a little behind-the-scenes stuff, I don't know if that's one of the episodes we're going to end up talking about at the end, but I, I do have some stuff to say about, like, how they how they foreshadow that a bit. It's very cool. Um, it's a very good episode. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, the, the thing about Steve is, and the reason why, you know, I mentioned in the last episode that Steve is my favorite character on American Dad, this is why, because he's less of obnoxious teenager and more dumb kid this season. He's yeah. way more naive. He's way more juvenile, and that wor- he's way more whiny, and that yeah. works. Yeah, th- it's less about him being a horny kid and more about him, you know, being just a kid. But they let him also like scheme a lot too, which is fun. Yeah, I was just about to say he's definitely meaner in this yeah. season. Yeah. I feel like than other episodes that I've seen. They have that also. They have the terrific uh, episode Bar Mitzvah Hustle, <laughs> where he has to you know rob the Jewish kid. <laughs> That, that episode also plays to a lot of the strengths of the show, where they, like, they get to do basically every kind of joke there. They get to spoof heist movies. They get to do... But my favorite one is how they just use the recurring motif of uh, Green Onions, and they just keep playing it over and over <laughs> and over again. It's so good. Yeah. It, not to get into specific episodes, Steve, Steve is a very... I think... I don't want to say very much improved. I think he works in this season, and alongside of, like, what I, I think is generally a stronger, you know, handle on the plots. Honestly, it sounds cheesy to say just more confidence in the project, I think, by this point, than, like, earlier seasons. I, I think he works particularly well in this season. I think the big thing about season five is that I also I noticed is, like, there are definitely still changes. There's definitely still, like, minutia things happen. But by and large... This is the main cast, that the fully formed main cast that we deal with for the rest of the show. This is yeah. kind of the first modern, quote-unquote, season of American Dad. Yeah. Uh, in that this is the status quo for the rest of the series, for the most part. I, I also wanted to say about Roger, he gets a little bit of a change here, too. And I noticed how much fucking meaner he is here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this is the thing about Roger, is that he is basic, like, he is Chaos Peter. But yeah. uh, but in the plot, like he yeah. will just ruin people's lives, yeah, and be a petty little bisexual bitch, and he's yeah. great. Speaking of yeah. uh, little petty bisexual bitches, uh, do we want to move on to Spencer's favorite episode? Um, I don't know. I'm sure. tip- no, I'm I'm joking. I'm tipsy. <laughs> it's five thirty at night. Yeah, I have a problem. It's five thirty. I have a problem. <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> Oh, Spencer, don't act like you're not a fucking enabler. Yeah, don't you tell like me to do not. this every no, other episode. I, I I do enable you, but not at 5.30 No, at yeah, night. let's start Jesus drinking. Christ. Yeah, let's no. do an intervention yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. There's something here. Um, Listen, um, we all care about you. <laughs> we we really want you to be able to, to talk about Family Guy as good as you can. Yeah. Uh, so do we do we have anything else to add about the season? Uh, it's just terrific. Caleb, do you, do you have any like broader thoughts about this? Uh... Not really. No, I, I just enjoyed it. Like, as compared to the Family Guy season that I, I felt like was holding me captive, this, is, <laughs> this was just, like, kind of enjoyable TV. I probably, I could have watched it even if it wasn't 
you know, my job for one week. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I was a little bit tipsy or not. Tip- I was joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I got a problem. No, I, I was I was joking about transitioning to the second half. I also did want to say that I think they make a particularly good use of the guest stars in the season, which is something that we've criticized the show about in the past. Uh, I think, I mean, you could bring up the Terry and Greg episode towards the end, but I really, all the way through, they they are more willing, I think, to bring back recurring characters in a way that fits the plot, which I, I think is something that was lacking in the show to me compared to Family Guy, and I'm glad that they, they are taking steps to fix I, that. I really like both of Turlington's uh, appearances this season. I think those are a lot of fun in terms of yeah. guest appearances. Yeah. Yeah, J.K. Simmons was in this. I didn't know that. Did he but, play again? Yeah. He was the Bible store boss uh, in in one of the episodes uh, we're talking about oh, later. Oh! Yeah, they okay. had a... He's also Reginald. Amanda Seyfried was in this, too. I don't know. No, he wasn't Reginald. Uh, Regin- yeah. Reginald the raccoon? No, the koala. I, you're reading this Re- from no. the Wikipedia? Yeah, right. That confused me, so I went and looked yeah. up. He's, he doesn't actually play him. I think it's a weird wording mm. issue. That I guess that, now that mm. I think about it, the Reginald koala thing is kind of a cutaway. That's like Kinda. Their he, of he comes back in the plot away. more uh, in later seasons, but as it stands now, yeah, it is. It's one of those things where it's like plot-wise cutaways. Well, something worth mentioning for later is he's gone in modern episodes because when they moved to TBS, I remember I know that like a lot of the modern episodes, a lot yeah. of side characters. And it, it, again, it's never been great great about its sidecast in the way that Family Guy has, but but it is a step forward at yeah. least. Yeah, no, Doc or Donald's full of love uh, was the voice of Reginald the Koala. I think someone on the Wikipedia just worded it weird. Also, I really like the you know this is the first real like episode where, season where I feel like Steve's friends actually get a lot to do. Yeah. Like there's there's a good stuff with Toshi this season. Uh, the, we get a spotlight episode kind of for um, uh, Steve's Jewish friend. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got a snot like. We get at least, they at least get more screen time, and, and, the, and like, especially with that Toshi episode, I think they get better jokes. Yeah. Toshi, um, Toshi makes me laugh. Literally <laughs> Toshi rules. I mean, Spencer, it's Spencer funny was, how... Spencer doesn't yeah. like I like him. Toshi now. I do. It's crazy how many times I just fall for them thinking that he's saying something else. It makes me laugh every yes, single it's, time. And it's, all- it's such a it's such a limited gag, but every time it works, just because yeah. it's like, I don't know, there's something so funny about he's just like the voice of they reason, and then everyone's like, what are you talking, you know? It's yeah. also great that they introduce his family, <laughs> they and they can English. just speak fucking English. <laughs> yeah. Or that he has, a, he has a ghost following him that Toshi doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, that was one, of, that was one of the jokes in this season that got like a full belly laugh from me, where he's like, you know, they can't uh, understand you. He's like, you're right, this lunch is good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that uh, what changed for me is that in the early season, Toshi's character is like, ah, uh, funny Asian, but like... Here they really find all of these creative variations on it. Yeah, now he's like a very funny Asian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that makes all the difference. But again, he, he I think my favorite line in this one is when they're all cornered on the bus and they're all like, we're going to go yeah, out together. Yeah, we're best friends. Yeah, we're, we're going to get through this says, with our friendship. He says, you fool, you, you killed us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, one more thing at least to mention if no one else does. New intro this season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is this actually, is basically- ooh, that's, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get into it at the end, but that's also something that I want to bring up in terms of the season as a whole, which is, uh, Andy, you finish your thing and then and then I'll, I'll say my thing. I, I just want to say, um, like, this is the intro that they basically use for the rest of the series. 
I mean, like, the old one works. Some of the newspaper gags were cute. It was fine. But I don't know. I like, I think the, the Roger and the car stuff works more consistently. I, I like this one a bit more. Uh, um, I, I have a fondness for the newspaper stuff. But I, honestly, this has been around so long that I'm just like, you know what, it's fun. But um, yeah. what, what I do want to talk about in regards to that is that I think it's kind of, obviously not like on purpose, but I think it's kind of indicative where this is the first season where it really, and we talked about this before uh, the pod, but this is the first season where it really feels like the the Roger persona stuff becomes like a show within the show. You know, it like, yes. like it takes on kind of a life of its own in the way that like they can make whole plots around just like a persona or like the, the existence. Uh, I mean, obviously we'll talk about, uh, what's Roger the guy's fucking name? Sydney Hoffman. Sydney Hoffman. wizard now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's kind of gone from like a fun, it's gone from a fun quirk of Rogers to like, he can become new people. And and that give mm-hmm. that opens up a lot to them. Anything else? Um, I honestly don't really think so. Nope. All right, let's move on to the second half. All right, see you then. bunch of great episodes to talk about and i'm gonna let our guest go first caleb you chose pulling double booty what was your what drew to you uh drew you to that one uh, i just think it's funny that a network cartoon made a a 20 minute episode about fucking your dad <laughs> i i was like really impressive to me it was yeah. we, we've moved on from having tits with your dad to fucking exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just just, yeah. Uh, just I, I like Come Town, but it's I like Come Town, but it's kind of sad to know that they stole like their whole uh, <laughs> theme. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, you, um, you think they're such creative guys, but it's like, oh no, this came out yeah. in, like, what, 2010? Yeah. Caleb, I, w- I was gonna bring up, I was a little surprised to see a joke about uh, a pit bull eating ravioli uh, in the season <laughs> of American Dad. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the Simpsons did it first thing. But yeah, with- the, yeah. this season has been particularly good with, uh, with its music choices. I would honestly even say more so than the Cleveland show. I don't know if people would argue with me on that. Uh, I, I think that the music drops in the season have been particularly good, but I do think it was a bit of a misstep to do the entire Darth Principal rap. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, uh, it was, is, is Cleveland show known for its great music? We, some, well, we t- no. something we talked about in the first couple seasons is that we, we were really scrambling to find like something we liked about the show and we kind of basically yeah. and we, we kind of landed on like it had a surprisingly solid uh playlist something a little yeah. jazzier maybe yeah, yeah. I mean, has, a lot of like uh, a lot of like dad classics but like gotcha. like very good deployment yeah. of those you know yeah no like like don't stop uh, believing like foreigner i don't know if you, you know. if you've yeah. listened to any of our american dad or see or sorry cleveland shaw episodes or seen us tweet about it but it is it's it is a struggle it's, it's a bad cleveland scene. show has one amazing needle drop in it and it's when uh cleveland at the end of an episode <laughs> admits he got molested and then any way you want it by journey starts playing very good uh, that is actually pretty good. Yeah, so, I mean, um, that is something that we we talked about uh, with Cleveland Show, because we were, you know, searching for something to like, but this season has, I, I think its playlist is a bit more esoteric, uh, and, and I honestly think it works better than Cleveland Show's, but that's uh, not related to the episode, I was just trying to make a Darth Principle joke. Um, <laughs> respect. Yeah. So, uh, who wants to do the plot? Uh, the plot of Pulling Double Booty is basically that um, they have a nice little twist for Haley, and that's that whenever she gets dumped, she goes on a rampage, and she goes on a more recent one. Stan is basically just like, I'm not, I'm not letting this happen again. So whenever she starts to hit it off with a guy, what is it? He like will basically just kidnap the guy or whatever. And, uh, you know, Stan remarks to himself like, hey, you know, she should really date a guy like me. And sure enough, she ends up dating his body double at the CIA. What happens is, though, is that they're all, like, together, and Francine is very uncomfortable with this whole setup, uh, but Stan's pleased with it. But then uh, Stan, you know, is just remarking, t- the two of them are out in the ocean talking about how hot their girlfriends or wives are, and uh, Stan just says, like, yeah, yeah, uh, my daughter's great, but my wife, my wife is really hot. And uh, then the body double comes to agree with that and then tries to seduce, uh, seduce her. But Stan catches them in time, and he bails on them all. And then they realize it's like, oh, fuck, uh, we gotta <laughs> do something about that. So there's a big romantic getaway plan between the body double Bill and um, Bill and Haley. Basically, Stan decides in order to stop there from being a breakup on another rampage, Stan just is like, all right, I'll just pretend to be him. Then there's a bunch of big, there's some of this zany, uh, zany kind of series of, Incidents where Stan has to try to get Haley to dump him uh, while she is just, like, trying to get him to sleep with her. It's hot, dude. It's really hot. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, listen, uh, there's a reason that step-sibling porn is, like, the biggest Exactly. This category. should have been the biggest yeah. episode of also, American Also, uh, to, you know, point this out even further, Haley Smith is voiced by uh, Seth MacFarlane's sister. Yes. That is that Stan. should not be elided, is that oh, Seth and his sister love flirting wife. and singing together. Nope. No, it's his no, sister. Oh, Caleb, he's a, Caleb, he's he's a gay man. Don't <laughs> ever say that again. Don't no, you I'm dare. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not mean to impugn him. 
Um, I remember to bring that up because uh, when Seamus came on for season two, he specifically re- referenced this episode and discussed. Uh, yeah. What's wrong with he, him? He, yeah, I don't know. Seamus is too much of a prude for this show. Seamus <laughs> uh, Sh- was really kind of like trying to walk around on tiptoes when he was talking yeah, about well, how uncomfortable the tits with your dad plot him. To, to be fair, he is like a journalism career yeah, he has to, to, to he has be careful to, yeah. to be mortified by incest. Us, yeah. us, yeah. us uh, podcasters, we yeah. can... We can indulge here. Yeah, yeah. meanwhile, yeah, Caleb has a, a famous podcast where one of the big bits is, is having your dog eat you or eating your dog out, and we have like 300 people who listen to this, so we're all pretty home clear. <laughs> exactly, yeah. we're fine. No, I mean, yeah, I, I was, well, I'm was. i afraid to release the Jexy episode because of how many Christopher Reeve wheelchair <laughs> jokes you made. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, uh, if I have an employer who wants to pay for that, then you know, yeah. fire me. Who cares? True. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the plot. There's also a side plot about Roger and Stan having like an adventure where they rescue chickens and then or Roger and Steve. No, Roger and Steve. Stan is not in two places at once, despite what the body it's, double might have you thinking. Yeah, it's it's not that part isn't that good or worth remarking on. I don't think. I will say it, it's like kind of the the clearest like condemnation of like factory farming maybe ever on TV. Yeah. That's true. Uh, it, it's it, it's not like awful or anything, you know. It, it's a serviceable B plot, but you know, it is definitely the weaker half of this episode. It is yeah. also funny. There is a reoccurring gag of just like yeah. I laughed at the reoccurring gag of like a Francine being unable to stop vomiting. Um, <laughs> Francine gets a lot of good material yeah. this episode. I um, honestly, for for as much as in earlier seasons I talked about how much I enjoy Lois, I, I think Francine is everything they wanted to do with Lois, but better. Yes. Mm. No, they really let her, they let her be like a bimbo when they want her to. They let her like be, you know, wild and unhinged when they want her to. They, they let her be stupid. They let her like, you know, be mean. And it all feels like in character with her. I hate how much of a fucking DSA guy I sound like describing her <laughs> like this. She's a chaotic bimbo and she's excellent. Anything else about that episode, or should we hop on over to my favorite? <laughs> Hold on, was that the only reason why Caleb chose it? Was just for the kind of with it. your dad joke? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that rules. Look, we, we've chosen Family Guy episodes for worse. Let's be for less. For less <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. I just think it's a very, yeah. it's very admirable uh, and, commitment. And to again, the I think it is worth pointing out. That, you know, as 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 much as we've riffed on it and just talked about bullshit this episode, it is pretty good. It's just it it's emblematic of most of season five, which is just good, but kind of like a solid episode of TV that there's not much meat to deep get yeah. into. Yeah, a lot of episodes this season are kind of disappointing in that you, there's no stuff to really unpack. Like it's just like, yeah, it's a great episode of TV. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of like the weird, bizarro version of the issue where we usually have, where it's like a fine season with nothing to talk about. This is like a genuinely good season, but good for very like workmanlike reasons, and that that makes it yeah. tough to talk about. You know, I, I will say next season probably has more of like uh, more meat to dig okay. into from looking at yeah. the episode list. So, Escape from Pearl Bailey. This is my favorite episode of the show so far. Ooh. It is basically a two-parter. Uh, the first is like a Kill Bill spoof, where uh, all the popular girls are bullying Debbie. She loses an election, so Steve gets his revenge on all of them. And then when they want to get revenge on Steve, they basically, you know, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna just beat the shit out of you." The uh, the 
what is it? The principal allows them to turn a blind eye to it because uh, one of the popular girls is his daughter, which yeah. that is such a great joke where it's just like, it's just like, how did we not know? How did we not know that you're, you're her father? And then he just says, because I'm deeply ashamed. Of <laughs> For multiple reasons. <laughs> I, uh, I do think it's important. Lois. I do think it's important to say that the reason he takes revenge on them is because uh, his girlfriend Debbie, who you might know from season two, I think, is where yeah. she first appeared. Uh, she is running for student body president uh, against one of the popular girls, and they there is a an ad that says she is not fit to wear people clothes uh, with like a, a Photoshop of her head on a cow's body that enrages yeah. Steve, and then. We learn at the end that it's actually his friends that made it because they were jealous of how much time he was spending with her. Then what happens is is that it's a basically escape from New York where they're basically having to like duck all from all of these gangs and hide out. And uh, there's a lot of really great sequences where they uh, fuck with the stoners by just like telling them something weird. And then the stoners just sit there confused <laughs> for like a minute. They have the part where they like fuck with the theater kids by just saying, yeah, your performance in this role sucked. Which, God, I, I I can't really even, like, joke about this because of how much I hate them, but I hate theater kids so much. I mean, you got so. a theater kid right here. Might as well let it out now. Yeah, go for no, it. No, I mean, yeah, go for Ty, it. you're... No, no I'm not Ty, that big fine. of a theater kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Caleb, I, I loved your performance and all the Emerson plays. Thank you, yeah, um, they kept casting me as Tiny Tim. And <laughs> stuff that did not have Tiny Tim in it. I I yeah, hate the, going to Les Mis and they added a whole song for Tiny Tim. <laughs> I, I like how they did like a play version of Mean Girls and they just got Tiny Tim. Yeah, the Hamilton yeah. one was the worst. Dude. <laughs> yeah. My name is Tiny. Yeah. Oh fuck! I was gonna yeah. try to freestyle and I realized I'm way too much. <laughs> no, that is the perfect rap for Hamilton. Well, I. Yeah. I Fuck it, I'll just say it. Uh, he was one of the slaves as Tiny Tim. That's what they did. Yeah. Uh, My name is Tiny Tim, and I'm here to say I get childhood cancer in a major way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. They, they casted you, Patrick, and uh, Cam as yourselves in every Shakespeare adaptation. Uh, yeah, it was like Rosencrantz yeah. and Guildenstern. You're the drunken oafs in Macbeth. The drunken oaf in Macbeth. I also like the, en- the ending of this episode, going back on it for a second. Well, why I like that they just Division. get the shit kicked out of them. Yes, yeah. it's a very good end. Normally, they would try to like find a way for them to get out of it, but that's I I, I appreciate that. Yeah, American Dad is just like nah, they just get fucked up. Or like do a hacky thing where like yeah, they get the shit kicked out of them, but, but it's like, like for you know, afterwards they yeah. like learn a lesson or gain like the respect of someone. Nah, it's just it's just them getting. It, it's great. Yeah, it's I also great. love the like the sepia like civil war thing when they jo- hump <laughs> or they hop out of the bus. Yeah. Yeah, Butch Cassidy thing, um, where they, like, oh, freeze frame. that yeah. is what that is. Yeah. Oh. Um, and they also said, we're going to take a few of them with us, and then and it just says, we're not taking any of them! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's so great. I love the Joy Division needle drop in it. I don't know, everything about it is fucking fantastic, and it's kind of the show, like, fully getting into, like, experimental stuff. It's like, it's like with Community, where, which we should do a Community episode at some point, but, um... It's like, it's like with Community where they kind of had all this character-driven stuff, but by the end of the season one, they had like a John Woo parody. They'd have all of these like kind of really creative stuff. And this one lets them play with all these genres and not even have to worry about the supporting cast. I think this is also uh, a great highlight of like how Steve has improved over this season dramatically. 
Because it's, he's less horny, you know, the goal is like him being like a good kid and then getting punished for it because he's also like a funny nerd and it's fun and it's, it's good to watch and it's funny to watch them get beat up sometimes. Like it, it knows how to play Steve as like a, an underdog who's also like kind of a detestable loser as well. I, and it's whatever this, I feel like we, we already did cover it a bit in the original uh, or the first half of the thing, but I mean... It is nice that, like, they are making an effort to break the characters out, or the characters who previously had not been broken out of their archetypes, like, like trying to give them new ways to, to interact with the with the plot. I think that's a nice uh, I hate effort. to break up the episode, but I, uh, I need to show you, I just showed this to Ty, did you all see the fucking Fort Bragg, that the Fort Bragg, like, it's is so doing, like, 40 good. replies to OnlyFans oh girls? I'm sorry, but this is, like feels like one of wait the, what is this what go on the recording channel so 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 there was a a twitter like you know e-girl who you know posts oh. like lewd photos and stuff and the social media intern for the fort bragg army base did not log out before uh making some very fun <laughs> yeah so wanted, for the audience he said my faces then my boners and then my faces again before i come to give you a deep long kiss he had another one he had another so, one yeah. I, I also um, want to uh, check the retro- uh, the recording tab uh caleb uh, yeah. So I want to say this is great, but I, it reminds me of like remember like two years ago when like Ted Cruz's interned like a fucking porn account like tweet on the and everyone made this is a million times funnier than that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also feel bad for whatever intern. Yeah, because to... it's not even like it's not even like you could see Ted Cruz being yeah. horny, right? But like, this is a fort. This, this is, this is just fort. like this is literally just like a building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Caleb, what were you going to say about interns? I just feel Bro, bad. I hate it when I'm in a building and it gets a huge fucking boner. <laughs> yeah. I just feel bad for whatever intern had to fall on the sword for the general that was actually doing that shit. It was definitely some fucking... For, for the audience, the other uh, horny tweet is that this uh, e-girl posted, Bro, why did you subscribe to my OnlyFans if you hate pubic hair? Why, bro? Why? And then Fort Bragg, again, the army base responded with he's lost and he doesn't know a good thing when it's staring him in the eyes or tickle, tickling his nose in this case Jesus and Christ, then, dude. i'm not sure if it's permanent but if you go to their account i think they deleted it yeah. <laughs> like the account not the tweet oh, that's great that's how you know you fucked up they're gonna have to do another 9-11 to make sure this gets covered up <laughs> But, uh... I am honestly... I would be... If somebody told me, like, they, they brought me evidence that, like, this is an op, like, every so often someone in the federal government is horny online to, like, get people to distract from some... <laughs> Uh, from some, you know, legislation or the other, I'd be like, yeah, because I'm having a lot of fun. I'm yeah. having too much fun with this karmic. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't believe it because it's smarter propaganda than they can usually come up yeah. with. Nah, the DC no, the, knows what Israel, they're Israel, when they did that, like, when they posted that, like, just thirst trap on Maine. They were doing that as they were bringing a suitcase with a big radioactive sticker. They were walking that into China. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, I guess the, the getting back to the episode, the one thing is, because we didn't really talk about it in the first half, this is basically Debbie's last season. Uh, I guess they brought her back, because they break her up in the next episode she appears in with Steve. Mm. They didn't really use her in season four, so I guess they had just, like, a few more jokes they wanted to get out. Yeah, uh, And it works, because I like both both of the episodes she appears in a lot, but I, I think we can all agree, like, she's she's a better character than, uh, what's the name of Brian's girlfriend? Um, Jillian. Jillian. 
But, but like, the show is not really that much worse without her as well. Yeah. The, well, this is something that I, I said when we were, like, discussing it a little bit before the record started. I think that instead of wanting to bring Debbie back, the impetus behind it was that they had a couple plot ideas with Steve that involved him having a girlfriend, and it made more sense to build on that pre-existing relationship than, like, to start a whole new one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Other than that, uh, do we have anything else to add for the episode? It's just really great. Frankly, not really. Okay, we'll yeah. do one more then. Uh, okay, we, the we gotta talk about the one that got Yeah, we away. should probably record for a bit, because I'm gonna have to cut out that whole ten minutes of us talking about the horny <laughs> fort. Yeah, the horny fort thing, I guess we can just, like, upload that as, like, a bonus thing. No, I'll put, I'll put it at the end of the yeah. episode. Okay. Okay, so... I guess we should probably do the one that got away as the last one, because it's, mm. yes. it's really good. It's really good. So the the plot is basically Roger is like the Smiths are kind of like, hey, Roger, you're like a, a boozo. You're drunk, uh, much like the first half of this episode. Like you have a problem. You focus on your personas as a way to like, you know, deal with your issues. And he's like, no, I don't. He goes out and tries to buy some beer in another persona. He realizes that he's been overcharged on his card by someone named Sidney Huffman, whose life he pretty much destroys. You know, he gets him fired from his job he breaks him up with his girlfriend he b- tries to burn his house down and then we realize that Sidney Huffman is a very like you know 1940s film guy person it is literally of Jimmy Rogers Stewart deck. it yeah. is literally just Jimmy yeah, Stewart well, well well Mary I'm a, I'm an alien wearing a wig Mary <laughs> and it's a <laughs> But, um, and, and so then we flash back to, like, how Sydney was created, and then they kind of have a reconciliation with, a, we realize that Sydney hired a hitman to try to kill Roger, who he didn't realize was himself from, like, the other direction, mm. uh, and then in order to stop both of them from dying, they, you know, come to a reconciliation, like, you know, you're me, I'm you, you know, we're the same person. If, if the hitman kills one of us, he kills both of us, and they kind of embrace uh, Roger's stabs, sitting in the back somehow, I guess, mentally, and then gets the hitman off his back and then goes back to being, you know, Mr. Mister Personas and beer. Mm. This episode's really good. It's so good. Yeah, it it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's so clever. It's so funny. It's It's got all of this, like, Really, obviously, we've Ty and I have had the bug of making fun of fifties guys recently. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. It, you'll see. I, I love all of the fifties like archetypes in this, and they just put them in the modern world. I, I will say yeah. that this this episode is also like a sign of something the the show kind of does from here on out with Roger, mm. in the sense of the show starts gaslighting you a bit, in the sense of like over the first like three to four seasons. Roger's personas were very slowly and gradually introduced and becoming more and more of a thing. Whereas from here on out, they, they established that, like, the way they use Roger's personas is, is like, this is the way it's always been. Like, like whenever they do, like, flashbacks or, like, stories where he, like, met someone in, like, the past because he's been here for, like, 50 yeah. years, they do that. Which, honestly, I'm fine with because this is the way Roger always should have been because before the personas, he was basically nothing. He was born. Yeah, he, yeah. Sure. It's funny that you describe that as gaslighting. That's just misdirection. <laughs> that's just like a. That's just a screenwriting tool. <laughs> I hate when I, I hate when <laughs> Fight Club abuses me. Look, podcast. I hate it when I'm watching a TV show and look, a black look, face. Spencer, <laughs> Spencer, Spencer. Podcasting one hundred and one. 
use big words to make the audience think you're smart and know what you're talking about. But um, someone is going to say that Fight Club's plot twist is a form of gaslighting. I think someone that said that in like 2011. <laughs> No, it is going to happen. It sucks. I hate online. I, it's it's going to happen, and I am going to. That is going to be the happiest day of my life. Yeah, no, I think this is just a terrific episode. It, the twist comes. I think. I, I mean, you can kind of tell a bit that it's Seth MacFarlane doing the voice on the phone, but like when the twist hits, it generally it genuinely feels kind of out of nowhere. The way it like works with nonlinearity is very interesting. It's a great. I mean, it's a great performance from both sides. I think Seth is. We've talked about how he's a great like voice actor, but I I really do think he does like the whole Jimmy Stewart thing better than. You know, better than me or Spencer or Pat does, yeah. uh, which is a high bar. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a fantastic If you haven't heard the bonus sure. episode, I just, like, halfway through slip into a Hank Hill voice just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't have anything to add about it. I mean, uh, I, do you have anything I, I think to add, when Caleb? you were saying earlier about, like, this being the best season for Rogers, like, multiple personalities, this is the best episode of that of that oh, ill, for yeah. sure. and and honestly, they do great stuff with it going forward. But it's it's very rare that they come it, this close to being this good again. Yeah, it's one of those episodes that you feel like they they would only hit on on like you know in like season ten where they're trying to come up with like something novel to do with the personas, but like. This is one of the earlier introductions to the concepts. It's just like, they really hit it out of the park, like, almost immediately, which is kind of yeah. insane to watch. Yeah. Like, I, I was literally watching this, and I'm like, I, I would expect this to come six or seven years later. Yeah. You know? It's just fantastic. Other than that, um, we are currently at 54 minutes. Yeah, we can do Phantom of the Telethon. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, so let's go on to the kind of bonus <laughs> episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, Phan- Phantom of the Telethon. Phantom of the Telethon. The plot of this one is that the CIA can't afford torture because of the Democrats, so they come up with a telethon uh, to like raise money for the torture. But Roger, because he's mad at Stan stealing stealing ideas from him, uh, becomes the Phantom of the Telethon. Specifically, the idea for the telethon. Yeah. And he starts like trying to ruin the show, and he eventually ends up releasing the terrorist that they have hostage there. And there's like a bomb defusal plot. And, uh, eventually what they do is they torture the password out of the, um... The bomb maker, yeah. yeah. Which is, the the reason, this was for, uh, another behind the scenes, this was my kind of idea to bring up this episode. It, it's, a, it's a very, I think, interesting thing to dig into, because it's like, it's clear that the torture thing is kind of a joke, you know, the idea of, like, being very hacky and, you know, like, a. Mm. Like, like, you know, like that kind of, I don't know who the perfect comparison would be, but I guess like the Jerry Lewis kind of, you know, comedy where like that fits, you know, the kind of, you know, flipping, you know, spinning bow tie type of comedy, but like about torturing a human being, like is kind of supposed to be a joke, but, but also it never really takes that task, you know, like, like it, by the end of the episode, like torture is what saved the day. It's like, I, I can see what you're doing with it, but also it feels like it, it, does not feel like the kind of joke that, like, for as much as the the subversive or the the subversions on here work for like pushing a liberal agenda, it it doesn't feel like that kind of. So joke, what you're saying you know, is, which is, which is interesting. So what you're saying is, it's it's basically like every Seth MacFarlane episode that talks about Muslims or the war on terror in any way. Um, yeah, kind of. But w- within I think the pedigree of this show, it also kind of feels like people who know how to make a joke that isn't just about preaching, which is kind of kind of insane to imagine in for sure. 2020. Yeah, I agree. You know? So I, I just wanted to say that 
This episode has some fun stuff. I love Roger as the Phantom. I love some of the side bits for the telethon. You know, it's not a bad episode, but it does feel like a holdover from a previous season because I talked a lot about my fondness for the show grows in an inverse relationship to the identity of the show. It grows as the show shifts away from what I called Colbert land. And this is the most Colbert-y show uh, uh, episode of the season. Yes. Definitely, yeah. Where, again, you know, American Dad... Every interview or, like, everything I read about it said the show started out as, like, you know, oh, the Republicans, they're they're hypocrites. But they, by now, they have realized that is a dead end. Stan's, like, works for the CIA as, like, a sci-fi band. And, you know, his Republicanism is only there for, like, throwaway jokes. Uh, it's no longer a key part of his identity, which is great. I want to say that ties in very well to what I was going to talk about, which is, you know, this episode is not great in that regard, but it does have one advantage, which is, okay, so this this episode aired November 30th, 2008. So, you know, th- they're blaming on the Democrats, but by the time this aired, we knew that, like, Obama was going to be the next president. Right. Very much for the first, like, three seasons, it is based around not just making fun of George Bush, but making fun of the entire Bush administration, making fun of Republican Congress, that sort of stuff. It's very... One thing that I will give this show is they do not talk about Obama at all. Like, barely ever. I do not know if he even gets brought... How many times he gets brought up. It's probably in single digits. Yeah. Which is is very good. And also helps the show when it gets in the Trump era because they just Mm. ignore him, too. Yeah. Also, I mean, to be fair... I don't think Family Guy really did that much either. I, I, I don't know if it's as common for, like, animated shows to do it as much as, like, sitcoms or, like, talk shows. But, but yeah, American Dad largely avoided the Obama Sure, stuff. sure. Especially because I don't think he would have fit into a plot that way. Sure, well, but you know? I, I think it's, like it's worth, it. you know, the show never based, like, this is the closest the show really comes to addressing that, yeah, Sam is technically an employee of Barack Obama. And, Hmm. you know, a more leftist sort of show would have made, like, a a tearing into the Democrats kind of humor. I'm glad that they just brush that under the rug and pretend like like, this is basically an alternate universe. It doesn't matter who the president is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we all know, there's nothing funnier than leftist comedy. (laughs) You love it. Yeah, you gotta love going up to an open mic and talking about anxiety. Also, like, it's 2008. If you you even made a joke about Obama being, like, anything less than a saint, you probably would have gotten, like, cancelled. Where now, if you don't say that Obama's, like, a big, a big doo-doo, unwoke guy, you get cancelled. Anyway... um, Society, am I right? I mean, this is a pretty good, like, encapsulation of the Obama era, though. Like this episode, yeah. where it's just like, yeah, torture's bad, but it can also be kind of swag. <laughs> torture's bad, but what if Yeah, it torture's good? bad until Some it torture's works. torture's better than others. Exactly, yeah. Separate but equal So, torture. So this this episode was made in uh, the production cycle, American Dad and Family Guy. You know, we, we talk in Family Guy a lot about how, like, the show is always, like, one or two years behind. Something that just hit me is, like, do you think that when they were writing this and talking about the Democrat being in the White House vaguely... They thought it would still be Hillary. Maybe. Hmm, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Cause like, I never really thought about it. Like, everyone in 06 and 05 and 06 knew she was going to run. Like, that was inevitability. So that, like... I, I know it's such a well-trod thing, but it's like... It's so funny how many times Hillary Clinton ate shit oh, running yeah, for dude. She's like, uh, She's like the person who runs, like, for mayor in your hometown every year. Like, every hometown yeah. has, like, a homeless guy who just runs every year and gets 2% of yeah. the vote. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. She is, like, Vermin Supreme if Vermin Supreme was in the government for 40 yeah. years. Yeah, she's like Joshua for Congress. Uh, it's but, fucking... Uh, what did Bill see in her? 
uh, beautiful chicks. Uh, but yeah, I remember people the... were posting photos of her from the '60s, and they said that oh yeah, Hillary in the '60s was yeah, you know what she was kind of fit. she was kind of nice. With... She was kind of a pog in the '60s. In the, no, it's like she was you know she what she saw, you know what she pod. saw in Bill. She looked the other way when she slept with some when he slept with someone. That's just it. That's that's <laughs> someone yeah. aged thirteen. Uh, <laughs> I love being on true on. But anyway, yeah. uh, one last thing uh, I want to talk about. You know, Spencer, you mentioned that, like, positively when we were talking in the first half about how, like, Roger's definitely becoming more mean-spirited. This episode also highlights a change that they go with. Like, he's always been horny. That's always been, like, a Roger thing. This is where they start leaning more into the... Roger is a... Roger's basically a sex pest. Like, he's a, he's a rapist. He's a creep. He's a pedophile. He's all of these things. Um, not just mm. bisexual, but, like, you know fucked up yeah bisexual is kind of the shorthand for all that though yeah, yeah. as yeah, we all know fucked up fucked up guys love being bisexual. yeah bisexuality and pedophilia culture you know they're, they're they're i'm not saying they're the same but there's a venn diagram i think that's what sure. bipoc yeah. is i actually never learned what that stands for <laughs> bisexual pedophile bisexual pedophile yeah. <laughs> um yeah uh <laughs> I'm, whatever i'm gonna cut this but i i really do want to go around being like poc i'm a poc a person of cool yeah. i remember i remember uh i was talking about we i was talking about uh ty this is also something we cut but i remember talking with ty about you know it's like oh oh it's like yeah you know you know we have all these bisexual musicians who do lesbians have and then you're like we have, like, Tracy Chapman. You have the guy who wrote space songs and fucked teenagers. And I just privately sent her a message. I, I privately sent her a message saying, okay, but being a pedophile is bisexual culture, though. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course it is. Oh, God. All of these DMs lost, like, tears in the rain. I hate it. Yeah. Whatever. Do we have anything else we want to say about the episode? Nope. No. I think we hit on everything. All right. Yeah. Uh then let's let's call it for the episode. Thank you so much for yeah, coming of on, course. Caleb. This Anytime, was super fun. This was a blast. Thank you for uh, choosing yeah. a good season of a good show this time. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we'll try. Our we're looking forward to uh, forcing more. you to watch the Cleveland show. No, I no we never do that. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, if you want to, uh, I I'll watch anything. But... I love pain. I really do. Okay, because yeah, we we're next we're, week, baby. <laughs> we're next week. We're doing the Cleveland <laughs> show, second half of the second season. It's only eleven episodes, and we should do. We should make Caleb watch BoJack no, Horseman. Please. We should. We should. <laughs> not, we should. Not, that would no, be not a, even to record an episode on. We should just make him watch Alan Gregory. <laughs> oh, fuck no. We'll do it. We'll do a stream. Yeah, no, yes, Alan Gregory. You guys made me watch yes, like, Alan... Steven Universe or something, and then the day before we record, you're like, "We're not doing an episode. We just wanted to ruin your life." I'll be so <laughs> No, I think God, we should. Well, now that now that you say it, we can't do it. Folks, check out podcast about list if you haven't already. We yes, please. Said that it's like so seven times. Um, follow Brain Getter on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, every every time we bring on one of the podcast about list boys on, I'm just gonna do what my new favorite bit is. Uh, right now, I think it's probably the terrifier. Uh, re- retweet our retweet our episodes when they go up on Twitter. Back us on Patreon yes, and give us five nice. stars if you're watching on iTunes. Absolutely, yep. with the reviews. All right, uh, folks. Bye. Yeah, uh, bye. This was See fun. Ya. Bye. Lucky there's a man you want
cause and if we can't do all the things that make us laugh and cry, he's a Ty, I just had I just had a great idea uh, yeah, for a, for, a, for a Patreon thing. Uncut episodes. Let's go. Whoa. Like you want to yeah. hear this, but you pay five dollars, you can hear this shit. Yeah, I I will say I would have to go. I mean, actually, I would probably just compile the audio and line it up. But it's yeah, maybe that can be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, do we have anything else to add? Literally um, digging through um, a mound of shit. What for is a it? Of gold. Um, um, mm, what is it? <laughs> and that oh, shut up. just that for forty minutes. Yeah, shut up. You you just like laugh the entire time, or just hum. Oh yeah, of you course. You hum, you laugh, or you fucking just like. Hold on! Wait! 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna post the tweet in the chat. <laughs> um. And Andy is just, like, interrupting people the entire time and apologizing. He, he literally turns into Joe Biden during recording. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I do not, yeah, I do not know how I'm going to cut that out besides, like, self-consciously putting in a white noise thing, but...